You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Elkanen. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep, Spencer Israel. As always, joined by Joel Condon and Dennis Dick. On today's show, we got official word yesterday. Boeing is officially halting production on the 737 MAX. We'll talk about that and the implications going forward. Uh, some other news as well. Unilever gave some weak guidance. Netflix uh, teased us a little bit. They gave us some international subscriber growth data. We know they don't give us some data very often. So when they do, it's worth talking about. We'll talk about that. Uh, Roku CFO is leaving and a lot of ratings today. I think they're all, the analysts are all getting in their ratings now so they can go on their holiday vacations and not have to worry about anything uh, for the next two weeks. But a lot of ratings to discuss on today's show. Our guest today, Nick Shaheen, he would join us at 8.35 as he does every other Thursday. Uh, Joel, what's the word here overnight? Uh, we're down just a tad here, a buck seventy-five at ninety-six seventy-five. Kind of a textbook range overnight. Uh, your pre-market low, right there. Your daily pivot and the intraday low from yesterday, ninety-two. So there's uh, a key to any downside today. And on the upside, oh two and a quarter. That's one tick off your all-time high from yesterday. So some good levels provided to us in the overnight session. Crude, over $60, up 18 cents at 60.32. Gold in the green by 210 at 1482.60. Silver, up less than a penny at 17.12. And Bitcoin, up $30, but below 7,000 at 6,890. Good morning, Dennis. How was uh, that? Uh, how was that eight o'clock changeover for you? Any. Um, any executions? Or- not, I, there's not that much that happens at 8 o'clock anymore. It's at 7 o'clock where you get uh, a lot of the exchanges coming online. All the edge exchanges come online. Um, at 8 o'clock, all you have is imbalanced data that comes out. So sometimes you see a little bit of movement in the New York stocks. The New York imbalanced data comes out. But 8 o'clock isn't as much fireworks as it used to be years ago. when That used to be when edge came on, but they moved it up to 7 o'clock. Oh, almost two years ago now. 
So eight o'clock is kind of quiet. Yeah, there's a little flicker. You could tell. That the, well, the flicker is sometimes those are off exchange trades hitting too at that time. And this is the one thing. If you're not separating out and looking at your time in sales, when you see the FINRA, a lot of times you'll see stocks trade back to where they close the day at eight o'clock. And those are just late prints. Those are prints from the previous day that are just hitting the tape then. You'll see that happen from time to time, even the after hour session. Stock will be up a dollar and all of a sudden, oh, it's back to even what happened. Right. Well, you're just seeing a late print. So if you see, for example, you know, trades all of a sudden occurring on Apple at 279.86, right at eight o'clock, those are not likelihood FINRA late prints because Apple's trading down 80 cents. It didn't just rally back. There's no way to participate in those prints. Those prints happened yesterday. Yeah, and they're quick. They just flash and then they're right back. Well, and that's it's a flashing because it's just changing the last. And some of your quote providers out there will actually remove those. And it's nice if they do that. Um, most of them don't though. So they just see the last, it hits the tape. They see, oh, the thing just traded 279.86, but it really didn't. It is just a late print from the previous day. So when you see FINRA on your time and sales, FINRA trade reporting facility, a lot of times those, those are all off exchange trades. Those are trades that are getting reported um, and sent in. And a lot of times those are just late, late, late prints, especially in the pre-market and after hour session. All right, we got some uh, some news in the airlines and Boeing, UPS, FedEx. Earning. Lots of fun stuff. Yeah. I think we start with Boeing again. Yeah. I mean, it is probably the news of the day. It was the news sure. of the day yesterday. Uh, before news it was of the official, day every day. Before it was official, and then it became official uh, at, at the close when they announced they are suspending production on the 737 max in january it's the first time i believe in two decades 20 years or so that boeing has had to halt production Uh, a lot of implications here from what they're going to do with their workforce to uh the follow the uh, implications to uh, airline companies but uh uh, this is a story that we've been discussing uh and not going away anytime soon but the news is official that they are Halting production, man! What a year! I mean, after when did all this start? March. I, th- I think. It was, I feel like it was even. Yeah, it's been almost the whole it, year. It's been. Yeah, I February. mean, long time. I'm pretty sure. It was, okay, February, March, around that time of year, and man, to just to get to the end of the year and 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 halt production now, it just. Ugh. I, I mean, we were. This has been kind of the writing on the wall, though. Um. And, and, you know, the UAL pulling the plug and saying we're going to go with the Airbus. I mean, this is the confidence is not in the plane. So let's get the issues fixed. Let's not worry about when we're coming back on. Let's get it all fixed and make sure there's going to be nobody getting killed in this plane. That's the main thing here. So is it, you know, why is the stock not down more significantly? I think this was getting to the point where it was almost expected that something like this was going to happen. And yes, it's down five points, but if this news comes out of the blue and there's no expectations, it could be down 50 points. I mean, Kramer was yesterday talking about, you know, is the dividend even safe? They came out yesterday. Obviously, they must listen to Mad Money because I actually did address that question. um, uh, And they did actually say that they're not cutting the dividend. So, I mean, there's, there's major concerns here when you're talking about stuff like that. This is a major revenue source that is going to come offline. Is it going to come back? Maybe. You know, maybe it will eventually come back. As of right now, I can only give you one number, and it's the most important number, and it's $320. I probably took Joel's uh, number yep. here. It's... But that's what we talked about yesterday. It does appear we're going two points away from it. Why not test it? Does it hold? The good news is, in the entire after-hours session, it's kind of been holding up on this. 
it's kind of leaked a bit, but it didn't fa fall 20 points on this. So it's telling you that a lot of this was expected. So I don't think you're going to see a wash where this thing goes under 300, like in, like in the next, you know, today or tomorrow. I don't, I think a lot of this is already priced in. You know, I wouldn't even be surprised if they've seen, you know, a little bit, bit of this stock come back and rally back a bit, but it's not good news. So overall, you know, it's yeah. still a headline stock. Lots of headlines here. This is not good fundamental news for Boeing. Not good fundamental news. Uh, you did see a low of 320.20 uh, in the uh, early this morning. So that uh, adds significance to the, that number. I guess the other thing too, Ed, you know, I, without digging into the numbers, the thing to me is, okay, what about all this other stuff they said about a fix coming, you know? And so now... If that, that's off the table, uh, I think from a long-term perspective, it's very concerning. We'll see what happens from technical. We'll see if it breaches that 319.55 was the actual low. Let's see if it closes below there. But it's, it's hit the top of the range several times, and it was rejected. This is the bottom of the range. So the bottom of the range is the bottom of the range. Big day here for both. Yeah, if you're coming in here and selling it on this news, you're selling right into support. I never made a lot of money selling this part. I could take it out, but this 320 is big. So I want to wait and see what happens there. It starts going 315. Now we start thinking about 300. So, but at 320, 319, let's see if it can bounce. It, it could. We don't know yet. Obviously, the trading days to come. Suppliers are going to get hit on this again, too. We saw yesterday the suppliers get hit. Direct playoff this Spirit Aerosystems SPR got hit substantially yesterday but then started to shrug it off in the afternoon and almost got all of the losses back. It is going to get hit on this again. So I would say yesterday's low on SPR, I would think comes in as support now because we already you know, saw a lot of this priced in and it wanted to bounce back yesterday. So maybe it has the potential to bounce back again here. 75 bucks, I'm going to say, is the line in the sand for SPR. Yeah. That's where it needs to hold. And you know what? I might even try it down there the first time. It gets down there, 75, 25, 75, 30. Looks like it wants to bounce. I might give it a shot. And then if it takes out and starts going seven, under 75 and then starts going 74.50, you know you're wrong. And then you can get out. Yeah, the company Boeing 2, uh, they're buying back stock. This started over a year ago. They're buying back some stock. So this would be, you know, if they're in here supporting the stock, this would, uh, this would be a pretty good day to do it. Uh, that is that buyback still going or is, are they done the buyback? Uh, hmm. Like when just because you announced a buyback doesn't mean it's still going. Oh, no, I don't know if they did it already. Yeah. Okay. Well, did they say anything about it? Uh, no. I mean, when they're talking about, yeah, we're, we're, you know, not cutting the dividend makes me think that they're, they approved the dividend and they said the dividend is safe, so, but you know, it makes me think like, why are you buying back stock here? But well, they were, so maybe it's over with. Yeah. I think a lot of times when you see this kind of, you know, news, they do come out, maybe update that plan make it more you know do something to support i'm just asking if they did it because i didn't read the headline I don't know so if are not. you you're saying something you're saying some older stuff then right older. you're not saying something you just read no i'm not okay nothing okay just to clarify they didn't say nothing about the buyback then so i don't want to confuse the listeners here okay and then general electric obviously a supplier here as well smaller uh piece for them than spr but it was down yesterday slightly down here in the pre-market as well i do have a trading position on it so i'll limit my comments uh, but GE, I'll just say 11 bucks big. Yep, that's a big level for it. Little gap in there from the uh, from the UBS upgrade. It's been uh, that upgrade's been faded, faded hard. Uh, just kind of a one, two day pop. And as the markets continue to go up, that's exhibited weakness off the Boeing news. 
And then you got, let's go take it to the earnings here. And there wasn't a ton of reports, but there's a big one. It's Jable Circuit. JBL is trading up substantially here in the pre-market. Just as Israel. Yeah, out about nine, nine minutes ago or 10 minutes ago. Uh, Q1 adjusted EPS, a buck uh, five cents versus a 94 cent estimate. So beat on that uh, number sales, 7.5 versus 6.95 billion dollars. So beat on the top line and the bottom line for JBL in the first quarter. It's a nice pop for JBL here. It's a nice quarter. It was running into the quarter. Um, and obviously they still did well. I mean, this stock has been on a massive run. August 30th, it was 25 bucks. It's now 44. So you're talking about a stock that's up 85% here in the matter of six months. Had a huge run. But the trend is your friend. The momentum is still there. It doesn't look like it wants to. I mean, it's still relatively early in this earnings report here. Um, so you can still say price discovery is still happening. Only 39,000 shares have, have traded. Uh, but the trend is still your friend here. And um, I don't see any reason to try to call top on it. Buck 30. Yeah. If you're looking for a target from the uh, pre-market trading off that headline number, you went to 45.66. You backed off a of buck 40. So that's, that's substantial. But let's see. Let's see if we can get back up there. Take that out and continue. But right now, since it fell a buck 40 off, feels like it got a little bit overdone. Uh, and then I'm just looking at this one from a longer term perspective. I mean, the, the, you look at 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, it looks like, wow, what a rally. But uh, this stock has an all, we're nowhere near the all time high. What was the all time high in it? Uh, $68. When was that? Uh, give you one guess. 2000 yeah <laughs> september of 2000 so many stocks and again this is just you know when you're investing in stocks that are p's are 90 and 100 and you know the s p p's are 45 at the time you're investing in a bubble and here you are 20 years later company has done fine it just you know had to grow into that multiple still not back to where it was so many of these tech stocks still you know even microsoft took a long time to get back i mean microsoft is making new all-time highs here now but it was, you know, like 15 years to get the money back and a big tech name from where it was, you know, the high it was in, during the tech bubble. That was incredible. So, okay, that was pretty much, I mean, Navistar, if you want to talk Navistar. Um, but, you know, for the most part here, that's, this yeah, is a very, very light earnings week here. Yeah, we do have FedEx after the close today. And yeah. speaking of FedEx, uh, they got caught yesterday. I guess you could say they got Amazon yesterday. Yeah, they did. Uh, Amazon announcing that they have are enacting a new policy where essentially they are blocking sellers on their platform who use uh, FedEx ground for Amazon Prime shipments. So and you, that's why you saw the big whoosh yesterday. Yeah. Um, yesterday afternoon it was trading 167 and then boom, down to 162. Right a little bit towards the end. And then came off. I'm still long this. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to hold it into the report. I've been everywhere with this stock. And you know now that Amazon is getting more aggressive at them, I'm sitting here and I don't know. I, you know I'm torn. I'm torn. So tell me what to do. Al Conan, technicals. We get a report. Problem is we get a report tonight. So it's going to be a big report. I mean, 151, if it's a disappointment, it's going to be a huge level. If they beat and starts to rally, 175 is huge too. So it's a big How, report. Have you gotten out of any of it or no? No, I've just been riding it. Like I bought this back. This was the one stock I bought in December. 
It went up. I bought it at 150. It went to 200. I've told this before. I went back yep. down to like 150. Ran up to 180. Down to like 140. Back up to like 175. Or down to 150. Back down to 140. Now it's up to 165. It seems like every time it rallies 20 or 30 bucks, it's a sell. Yeah. I've been regretting. Like I was like, if I was trading this, I could have been out like making 40 points, 30 points, 30 points. And here I am. I'm up 10 points in it. And you're just, you know, uh, it would have been a better trade than like, investment. I kind of feel like it's had its day. You know what I mean? I kind of do too, to a certain extent. It's so dang cheap though, Joel, on a multiple perspective. I mean, it's got a 1.6%. I think it's trained like nine times earnings. I mean, but you know, it's been a value trap. It hasn't done well. I feel like it has had its day too. But then you think like, you know, is internet shopping going away? You know, just because, you know, they might eventually lose Amazon doesn't mean they're losing the other 90% of internet shopping. I mean, you got to deliver these parcels somehow. And UPS and FedEx are the way to do it. And I don't see, you know, the internet shopping going down. Oh, so you nice. think, you think, I got to think that those cash flows are fairly stable. So you look at a trade nine times, fairly stable. I mean, it's not bad from looking at it from that perspective. But I don't know if the growth is there. So that's why it's trading nine times. Well, the growth obviously isn't there. So I don't know. I'm torn on it. I don't know what to do. Value guy says, you know, investment guy says, hold on to it. But it's been just been a disappointment for the last year. Think about what the S&Ps have done in the last year. You know, you're up 27% and FedEx is, you know, up 10 bucks. So it's been a what disappointment. About, what about the Amazon chart? I mean, with the market busting out. It's, and, it's and, been heavy. It does not want to rally. And you know what? It's a, it's a good chart to look at here. Every time we get a little sniff of a rally in Amazon, it starts to sell off again. And that's a fantastic point because if you've looked even at FANG, you know, Facebook has come back quite a bit. Um, Netflix is a different story, I guess. But Google's been making new highs. Apple's you know, making new highs. Microsoft's making new highs. So you look and you think, okay, well, why is Amazon not making new highs? Well, it, higher P stocks have not been in his favor as much as some of the value tech stuff has. Um, Amazon's still sporting a hell of a PE on that thing. Um, we know it could be less if they stopped investing for growth, but they keep investing themselves for growth. So they could actually, you know, make more money, which would hence bring the PE down. So it's not as, you know, nosebleed as some of these other stocks that, you know, don't even have a way to, you know, increase that earnings power or, or, or an immediate way to increase that earnings power. They can. I'm torn on Amazon too. It's a stock that I've thought about putting in my portfolio a couple of times. I never have, but I tell you, from a technical basis, it's struggled. It is, it is, and it's just quiet. And it's funny you look on the monthly charts, and you're like, you know, wow, it's been in a tight range. Of course, it's a seventeen, eighteen hundred dollar stock, so it's been moving. But uh, if you look at the last four months, while the market's chugged higher. You've been 1700 well, actually, in the month of September, you made a low at, uh, let's call it 1700 very little time spent, over 1800 That's the majority where you've been for the last quarter in the issue. So, bearing down on the lows of the move, but it's tough. I don't know. We'll see. They don't have a while until their next report, but it's got to be too bad that options are so expensive on this thing because it's could be winding up for that blast back up to 2000. Remember when everyone got excited when it went over 2000, went to 2050? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Apple's been owning it. So you think, oh, yeah, Amazon's the most valuable company in the world. And Microsoft was the most valuable company in the world. And Microsoft isn't too far off. But Apple's just been a monster. And now we're, what, at 1.3 trillion on Amazon, Apple and starting to run away with it. So this has been just the Apple year. Think about where we started Apple this year 
Um, and looking back, you know, 2019, obviously the significant sell-off right after. So I guess it's not, you know, it, it happened a, a little more of a sell-off the second day, I think, when there was a warning. But really, when you look at Apple, it kissed 142 at the beginning of the year. Yep. You've basically doubled. That's incredible. On a market cap, on one of the biggest companies in the world, it has basically doubled. You know, 284, 279, you're right there. You've almost doubled from the 2019 low. That's incredible. I've, uh, I've, I've been along it the whole time. I wish I would have bought more on that dip. I thought about buying more on that dip uh, when it was like 140, 150, right in that area. I was like, man, it's getting cheap. And it would have been a just fabulous buy. Uh, it's been G the year of Apple. Yeah, G Monster, that was his uh, stock of the year. Uh, for, G Monster uh, with the call. Yeah, with the call. And a uh, little treat for our listeners. Uh, let's see, a week from today, uh, our Christmas uh, Christmas Eve show, uh, we're going to have Gene come on at 9 o'clock. We're going to stay on a little bit longer. He's going to recap 2019 for us and uh, maybe give us another pick like that for 2020. Um, also on that day, I tracked down uh, Gordon Johnson on that Monday. We're going to have Michael. Nice. Hacker, We're going to wait for Gordon. And then Victor Anthony. And uh, What day is this? Speaking of Gordon. Wait, what, what day is, is Victor? Victor's it, it, Monday. Victor's Monday. I was going to say, speaking of Gordon Johnson, did you see his, uh, his note on Aurora Cannabis yesterday? Did well, what did he say? Well, take, take, <laughs> take a while. What did he say? It's like on zero? Hey! <laughs> that's exactly what he said. <laughs> he's a predictable guy exactly. <laughs> extreme that's why i like him he's extreme he's yeah. always extreme zero dollars so zero dollars and zero cents yeah, right. actually he was kind of excited about it he emailed me and he says my first canadian dollar zero dollar per share price <laughs> he was excited about it why it does he think it's a zero uh, I didn't actually look too closely into it. I, I just kind of saw the headline here. Uh, what did he say? Um, he says they're running out of cash. Yeah. Says, uh, up, 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 um, they, they have to keep borrowing from BMO as soon as June of next year. I, I think you're going to see, you know, and I don't know if it's Aurora Cannabis, I don't know, but I think you're going to see some of these pot stocks, you know, go significantly lower. We had Mark Yusko on talking, and Mark, you know, he's been right about some stuff, wrong about some stuff, but he's a pretty smart puppy. And he was saying some of these pot stocks could go down 90% from where they are now and still be overvalued. I'm not touching any of them. I mean, we've had a nice little rally as of recent in, you know, CGC. And that's trades you can put on anything. And you could say, yeah, CGC is still holding 20. So that's good news. And maybe it's the best of breed. Kramer's always said that one's the best of breed. Uh, but these have been significant sell-offs. So you're getting excited about, you know, a little rally here. When you think about where these things were, um, you know, it's been a significant sell-off. Freya, we know they had issues. You know, obviously, allegations from what was it? Hin Hin what is that company that? I was giving them the allegation. I always get their name wrong. Hinden, Hindenburg? Uh, Hindenburg? Hindenburg Research. Yeah, Hindenburg just, Research. Just yeah, and they had a lot of yeah. allegations against them too. Yeah. They've changed the management team now. They've done a lot of other things there. Um, but really, the stock's still in the gutter. I mean, the stock was like $20 a share or, or $16 or $17 on a U.S. basis. It's five bucks. So there's so many that are still in the gutter here. And people think, okay, well, they're eventually coming back to those prices. And I've said on this show multiple times, I don't think they're ever coming back to these prices. Those were, it was wishful thinking. When the valuations just got to these levels, it just got ridiculous. That's really what the problem was. Valuations just got too high on all of these stocks. 
And it was nothing against the companies. It's just uh, the sector got hot. They were talking about on CNBC every day and yep. popping in. And that was the top. I mean, some of these valuations got up to four, five, six billion dollars. And they're, 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 they are greenhouses full of pot plants. This isn't technology. This is greenhouses full of pot plants. So you had normal greenhouses. There are greenhouses everywhere that are worth, you know, a million dollars. And all of a sudden you put pot plants in, it's worth a billion dollars. You got to scratch your head a little bit and use common sense. And that's why the valuations are coming in. And I still think they have a long ways to go. So when I look at all these stocks and you can just encompass it all with the MJ, I think the MJ could potentially be under $10 by this time next year. So if you're coming here and thinking they're cheap, I think they get cheaper too. And uh, that's the nice thing about a $0 price target. It doesn't make a difference if it's Canadian or U.S. <laughs> yeah. Was that a zero? Email them and ask them, was that a zero in Canadian dollars or a zero in U.S. dollars? Because a Canadian company, we need to know that. It's important information. Come on, Gordon. It's important information. So Aurora Cannabis was one that I had in my portfolio for a while, but this trend's broke. And I knew, like, these are all sitting, you know, that you, you, I traded a lot of these things as well. And they were good trades for a long time. But as soon as the trend started breaking and, you know, the competition started coming in, that was your cue to get the hell out. And that was, you know, last year. And it was a good, you know, tell to get out of all these things. And if you were selling at the beginning of the year, you're very happy that you did that. Actually, March would have been the, the very high because they did have a pretty good run with the overall market from January to March. But they're ugly. And I don't, you know, and I'm sorry, you know, for the people who own them out there. I think you'll get some bounces here and there, but I think the trend is not your friend and remains not your friend. And I still think they go lower. Uh, real quick for Aramis here in the YouTube chat. He's asking about Alta here. And uh, oh, I looked at it yesterday. Look at that. I oh, know. Oh, I'm looking at it. I looked at it yesterday and I'm like, it showed some life and now it's pulling back. Lots of support down your 240. You take a shot of here. I mean, that's you got two twenties the major support. So you almost have to if you're buying it, you almost have to give it to two twenty and twenty eight points up. I was like, I don't like giving something ten percent. So I'd love it to pull back more, but trying in the two forty or it might not be a bad play. With that being said, you know, you had the big whoosh down, now you've been in consolidation station for six months, and a lot of times the things resolve themselves on the previous whoosh. We got an earnings report probably. Oh, no, we just had the earnings. Well, we just had it. That, and they it, were okay, and they bought yeah. it. But then they kind of sold it off a bit too. So that's not that great of news. No, it's not. I, I don't know. It, 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 you wanted to see it hold up, and it needs to stay above 240. I think if you lose 240, you're going to be at 220. So I'm going to say 240. If I'm buying 248, 240 would be my line in the sand, and I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, that's, it's not good, the reaction post-report. Yeah, that's a good point, Joel. Uh, 45.92 you came down to, and then you got the little gap area down to 44.28. So that fills the gap. It's just if you lose that gap area, you know, then where are you? The day before earnings yeah. low was at uh, 34.69. So it just doesn't look good. It, you know, it had the high on that day. Sellers reloaded at 260. I don't know where they're at right now, but. Man, oh man, it's just this, this, just not great reaction after the report. I don't, no, I, I, agree. I, I, I look lower. I this. concur. Okay. Next. Wanted to throw that in there. Uh, let's go to Netflix here. Uh, Netflix teased us yesterday. Uh, they don't often share. Uh, we Breakdown. know they're very tight lipped about their data, right? And they only share it when it's convenient for them. And so I guess they've decided it's convenient for them to share their global audience uh, growth metrics. Um, trying to change the conversation a little bit, we know that 
their U.S. Uh, subscriber numbers have, have not been growing at the rate uh, Wall Street has expected. But that's okay because, according to Netflix, everywhere else is growing in the gangbusters. Asia, Pacific, Latin America, and Europe all growing. So they gave us a breakdown of quarter-by-quarter growth uh, over the past two years here. And essentially, their subscriber growth in Europe, Latin America, and Asia has all doubled or more since 2017, while the subscribers in the U.S. and Canada have grown, but not nearly at that same rate. So You're got- hitting the nail on the head. They're trying to change the conversation. So they didn't give us this information just out of the blue. They're like, yeah. we're sick of hearing, you know, how you know, our subscriber numbers are no good. Here, yeah. look at this. These are good subscriber numbers you know, over here overseas. And right. we knew that they're growing over there. We, that was never the problem. The problem still. So trying to change the conversation. I'm not going to change the conversation. I think competition is coming for them here too. And it's a nosebleed valuation. I know there's been a lot of people reaching out to me and saying, do I buy Netflix here? I my neighbor doing it. I've had multiple people on Twitter thinking the stock is cheap. I do not believe it is cheap. I still think it's going to be significantly lower next year. Uh, but, you know, I'm been wrong before. So um, there is still a story here. Maybe they shrug it off. Maybe they shrug off the competition. But nosebleed valuation competition coming. I don't like that combination. So I don't want to be long. Seven to see here. 17, eight, 25, 12 and a half. I mean, I'll call this 305 area. You're trading up 29 cents at 304.50. So you had to rally off the low and the break. And now you're trying to climb back. Yesterday's high at 305.71, trading up a little bit. So I'll use that. It holds 305. Then it really has to show me something here at 317. Uh, three highs right under that area. So there's some room from 305 to 312 or 317. But boy, it just looks tough. It, it does. And, yeah. and as you mentioned, the value, I don't even know. I think, I mean, they're talking, I think we're getting rid of ours. I don't even know what I watch on that thing anymore. No, I was thinking I don't really yeah. watch it much anymore what, what either. But, but I mean, there's a lot of people that do. There's a lot of hardcore people, Netflix fans out there, and they have some good shows. So, you know, there's still going to be subscribers. I don't think everybody's getting rid of their Netflix just because all of a sudden Disney Plus and Comcast and everybody else. But does, the question is, do Netflix subscribers fall 5 or 10%? I mean, if they started fall, if they actually just started declining, you know, like seeing an overall decline. And obviously, you know, we have the, you know, the overseas numbers that are really helping the overall number now. We saw that with like 90% growth over there because it's still expanding over there. But, you know, you don't want to start seeing, you know, users decline. And then, you know, there's been obviously people, you know, talking and analysts talking about having to do a potential price cut because their pricing point is almost twice as much as where the Disney Plus is. Uh, my kids only watch the Disney Plus. I don't even flip on the Netflix anymore. It's just the Disney Plus. I think if you got kids under 10, they like the Disney product a lot better. There's so many good shows on it for kids. Now, if you're over 10, though, it's a different story. I mean, Netflix has some good shows, too, but it's nothing comparable to the content of Disney. Not for kids, in my opinion. What, so. Netflix, what, what Netflix has going forward is just the sheer amount of stuff on their platform. There's they a have, lot more they, stuff. They have by far the biggest library. Oh, so much stuff on there. So, completely agree. But as you start to lose, you know, as you get more competition, you're going to start to lose stuff off of Netflix as well. They're going to have to do a lot more original stuff because eventually, obviously, you know, Disney's going to pull all their stuff off there. I would imagine Comcast is going to look and start pulling once they launch their product. You know, they're potentially yeah, that's like their March, stuff off there March too. March or April, I think, next year. March. Yeah, April. so that's an issue. To, like eventually, these contracts come up, and you know, all of a sudden they start pulling content off there. You start getting less on there. It's like, oh, I can't watch this show all of a sudden, or I can't yeah. watch this because this is owned over here. 
I mean, th those are the issues that Netflix is facing. Now, what happens, you know, do they, you know, are they resilient? Do they figure it out? Maybe they do. But I'm just betting that, you know, when you have competition and you have a nosebleed valuation, I do not like that combination. That combo. Yep. I don't. And the competition is definitely increasing. I mean, if you're arguing that it's not increasing, you're not looking at what's coming. I mean, there's so many people or so many companies that are talking about launching streaming. We're going to have four or five, six. I think, you know, three years from now, we have 10 different streaming services, you know, from different company, companies out there. Like we know, what is there already, Spencer? There's already Disney Plus and then there's, uh, what else? There was, I mean, Apple's coming with their product. Why Apple has their product. I'm waiting for, for Blockbuster Plus. When's that coming out? <laughs> Does anybody own the rights to that? I don't know. <laughs> Blockbuster. Blockbuster comes back from the dead right. to launch so, a streaming service launch a streaming and takes Netflix out. There's still a couple <laughs> family video stores. They're still around. I see them on a couple. There's a few of the video stores still kicking yeah. around somewhere. but Problem is you got to have a VCR for that. <laughs> uh, speaking well, speaking of streaming, though, I uh, should also should also mention this morning Roku that big red bar at yeah. 5 p.m. yesterday. That was the result of uh, their CFO stepping down, Steve Loudon. He stepped down. That was announced yesterday at five o'clock. You got a good level. It's one twenty-seven because we were very weak yesterday morning, and then they decide, okay, it's enough is enough. Let's just start buying this, and they bought it all the way up, and they bought it up to the tune of thirteen points, so a ten percent rally intraday. Now you get a sell-off, so people are caught short here, and I believe they will use this weakness to cover in. And I'm talking short-term traders. I believe that you will see buyers as you get down in the lower one thirties here. So I don't mind this one leaning on the 127 low so i actually would be a buyer of this pull i'm not i don't own any positions so i can freely talk about it but i know just on paper i would be a buyer of this as opposed to a seller of this just because the candle yesterday was pretty nice and the market is still strong overall so it right. might keep the story intact for a while i do believe also that the roku quarter is going to be awesome um because i think there's a lot of people that are buying the roku products right now we're on the christmas season so i think the, i think but i think once you get those roku numbers in the new year I think that's eventually going to be the top. And I still project Roku to be much lower at the end of the year. But I think, um, I think, I think you could see another, I don't think the story is over here yet. It is not a pretty looking chart here. I, I think what's bad is that, uh, you know, you had that downgrade to sell. It was defended. It went back up. It came back down. That 127, I mean, they took out that low, that 130 low by quite a bit. They did rally it back. I'd say, you know, I know you're looking a bit longer term today. I think this thing better get back up in a 140 handle pretty quickly, pretty darn quickly. Or you're going to have all the people that bought this thing in October between 100 and 110 ringing the register. So that's what I'm, I'm looking for this thing. Not even like that 142.84. I see that 138.51 high. We closed near the high at 38.35. So it's show me. Show me you can get back in the 140 handle on this one. It showed you a lot yesterday before this bad news that I think it would have been in the 140 handle today if not for the CFO leaving. And they always had them when the CFO leaves. But, you know, there's lots of reasons for CFOs leaving. So it's not Spinner always Spinner wants to know if you thing. go 170. He, he sees he foretells foretells 170 before 100 that's a good bet here at 135 oh that's tough. i'm short-term bullish is the problem i want to do that bet after because right now i like that candle yesterday so i'd just be going against a short term like i i'm right now i feel like i want to buy this pullback and lean on the 127 i don't want to buy 135 but if you got like 133 132 yep i kind of want to buy i like the candle from yesterday 
So the whole, this is just day trading talking. I still say long-term, you know, so you could make the bet here long-term, but I don't know where, you know, if this good number of subscriber numbers come or, or not subscriber, if the good, you know, numbers come from the quarter from selling, you know, a whole bunch of Roku sticks, Roku products over Show the Christmas the season. I, I think you're early. I think if you're coming here and shorting it, I think you're early. Okay. I may be wrong. I thought you were early on Peloton and then it fell five bucks thing to Citron. <laughs> yeah, but oh, but look at it now. Look it's starting out. They're at 30 level in Peloton. Uh, Holy oh. mackerel. Who a is level that? of all levels. I know. It is. It is. 30 is holding. There is a buyer at 30. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's Andrew left. I don't know. But did, He's yesterday. trying to bring in that short. Yesterday, I was looking for that 30 again. It went to 30 and a quarter, and I'm like, okay, it's going down there again. 3021, I took my eye off it, and boom, it closed up, you know, got up near 32. So interesting. The bike's coming tomorrow and the shoes. So um, I probably will not bring the shoes into um, – uh, might bring them in on Thursday. I tell you, that $30 level is big. So you have a line in the sand. If you want to come in here and say, I'm going to – you know, think Peloton's going to have a pretty good quarter, which I've been saying – um spot. again long term don't put in don't forget about this stock though this is still like a hot potato but you know you don't want to get burned here holding it at the end but i'd say 29.86 would be my stop out here so if i was buying it today like let's say even get in the 31 handle low 31s i wish you probably get a shot maybe even get in the 30 handle you know i risk yourself a buck you know to try to you know get a look at you know maybe we can get a little relief here maybe the story starts to get hot again so right now though it's definitely it takes out 29.86 Trouble, trouble, trouble. It's got to hold 2986. Well, I'm getting a recommendation level. here. The L, I don't know if that's a real ride on there, so I'm not going to say it. But Coin Collector has a uh, a recommended ride no, for me. I'll let you know. Not a that's ride. a bad one. Uh, all right, wait. Let's get Nick Shaheen's thoughts. Um, oh yeah, Nick. Well, Nick is Nick Ricky also. Nicky. Nick also like actually works out. So like Nick, I mean. Nick works out. How do you know Nick work out? Oh, he's a boxer. <laughs> he's, he tells us he's he everything. I'm not a box. I'm a kickboxer. That's a, that's even better. You're like Jean Jean Claude Van Damme. Remember I, the kickboxing? I, I have I have eight weapons. I have punches. Holy mackerel! Don't mess with Nick. Elbows. Don't mess with Nick. Because <laughs> well, if you lose the now, argument, he can just come and beat you up. So I'm you still, just don't want to argue still, with this guy. I'm still recovering, but now I can take a punch and, and survive it at least. <laughs> kickboxing. How long have you been doing kickboxing? Long time. Long time. Yeah, it's a good sport. I, I watched Kickboxer, Jean-Claude Van Damme, back in the 90s. That was a fabulous movie. That was the first time I ever really was introduced yeah. to kickboxing, was that movie. What if, is, what's the thickest board that you can, like, kick in half? Not, board? That's not how it works. I he, punch kicks, people. he kicks people. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have those skills. That's not, okay, moving on. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like this conversation where this I, was going. I did damage my knuckle, though, doing it one time. <laughs> During the financial debacle, I had a business that got hurt that day. The new century fell over. I punched a giant piece of wood and it hurt my knuckle. So, all right, Nick, uh, let, let's bring it, bring it back to the markets here. Uh, All-time highs, where, where, what are you doing right now? I'm dropping, I'm dropping the mic is what I'm doing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, 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 the fear mongers lost and the 3,200 came before the correction but now it's hard. I need a few days uh, to see if we can measure some upside potential. Um, but meanwhile, I look down and see where are the levels where we, we're going to have dips and where would be a good level to reload for a short-term uh, run or to hedge some longs. So uh, what I've been doing is uh, we held the longs 
for the long term, and we sold some hedges against them, uh, spy call spreads, or shorted a few stocks here and there. And uh, that's that's what I'm doing now, basically looking for opportunities to see where I can do some short-term plays, maybe some iron condors here and there, uh, but hold the longs because I don't think we're done upside. Um, the, the, the headline fears have abated, not so much from the, that they're gone, they're not gone, but the markets don't, at least the price action on the market show that the investors are now no longer thinking it's the end of the world anytime a headline hits because they become stale. We've been dealing with the same headlines for a long time, impeachment, China, Brexit. And, you know, they say micro, the, the market prices uh, things ahead of time. So in theory, they should all be priced in with occasional moves on headlines up or down. And all of these headlines, you know, and a lot of people, and there's been a lot of people in the media, and we, you can talk, you know, I've seen a lot of people on Fast Money coming on. You think about the Dan Nathans, even Carter Worth, and they've been bearish here for a while, right. um, saying, inciting all of those fears that you were just talking about. Yeah. And now, you know, this market's breaking out. It's hard to, you know, the, the market so, has, has shrugged off those fears. So you think about the people who are on the sidelines, not, you know, yeah. not pointing them out, but there's a lot of people that have been <laughs> bearish. All those people, are like thinking those money managers that are sitting with too much cash right now are thinking like, man, I was waiting for this pullback to buy. And now I've, you know, just missed a 7% move, which we just had in the last month and a half on the S&P. Yeah. And you're like, now you're scrambling, hoping to get back in at 310 when you so could have been buying at 300 when it was breaking out. I made the point yesterday that you're making right now. I'm totally on board with that. I made like, for example, Dan Nathan, you mentioned him on CNBC and I will point him out because he has been staunch, you know, discounting this move. Uh, you know, he he said he basically sold every pop and said, "Oh, the S and P hasn't done a heck of heck of a lot, whatever." However, he said it, and for a year, blah blah blah. And now, yesterday, he actually said it several times. It's hard to find reasons to sell this market from now until the end of the year or into next year. Uh oh, okay. So we ran out of incremental buyers. <laughs> if if the staunch of the sellers for all the way here are now buyers, then maybe we have another hundred points. Uh, before we have some sort of a plus if you look at the uh open interest in the spx this this week and this is a monthly expiration so it's big in size there's a lot of downside pressure so these are positions that need to correct in my opinion it can linger they can roll for another week or two but we need a whoosh down so i would guess that we're going to have some sort of a new headline come out and then scare everybody into the same and everybody's going to you know, pull the sell triggers because there's a lot of new profits here. And those are weak hands. Uh, they would need to flush to establish a better base. Uh, but maybe we have another 150 points, 130 points from here. Um, so I'm not bailing out of all of my longs. I do have a few shorts. And that's how I'm playing it. Uh, you're totally right. The bears that have been selling or poo-pooing this rally are now saying maybe it's now time to get in now yeah. it's time to get in it's just insane it was time to get in back when we were breaking out at the end of october like and i even talked on the show and i rarely you know add the spy but i added the spy into my uh long-term portfolio just because i was like we are breaking out it made a new high um you know when we were 301 302 and i'm like um you're coming into seasonality there's a lot of reasons to think that this market could actually go for a run here now so yeah, now you're chasing a bit. You're up seven percent. I mean, you're chasing this year. It's been a pretty fabulous year for stocks, um, yep. but at the same time, it's like if you got you know, I'm, I'm good. Cat, it's hard to chase. I'm, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the spy because it's kind of an easy way to look at things. I just posted the chart. It's a 
an hour chart on the SPY. It shows how tightly bunched we are right now inside of a range. So if either size of this range breaks, we will have another leg higher or we will fill um, a few gaps that we left behind us. Um, I don't know if they're big gaps because we had kind of a funky tail last week. So iron condor, condors are paying if you place them well. Uh, but the trick is not to try to ride it out till the end. This is where you sell risk above and below current levels to try to range bound the price action. Um, but if you try to write out every penny, chances are I would venture to guess you're going to have a lot of uh, drama at the last minute. Like if you had an iron condor last week and you didn't close the upside risk, then you get blown out at the end of the week because you wanted to squeeze out another five cents out of a trade. So it's basically trading the action rather than the headlines. That's what's been winning all year long. If you turn off the news and you just tra trade the charts, you make fewer mistakes. That's my opinion, uh, because then you ignore the, the suggestions from the outside. If I take a trade, I take it for a reason. I have targets. If the reason's still there and the targets are not triggered, I don't do anything. I mean, I, breaks, I ignore it. It's such a good point too. Like you think, and obviously, you know, we give opinions on this show a lot and we have lots of people coming on and giving opinions and I get spooked sometimes even people coming on our own show. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I had, you know, Tesla puts written. Um, I covered way too soon. And me too. Because, because people are all coming on. How many people do you hear is a zero is a zero and the yep. thing rallies a bit. And I'm like, okay, well, yep. you know, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous to take it through the last report. And that's why, you know, you're covering the puts because I'm nervous to take it through the last reports. It would have been the best thing to take it through the reports. All those puts are worthless now. <laughs> yep. And now uh, Kramer's on board. Bye, bye, bye. So he was mocking him. If you're buying Tesla now, that is the definition of chasing. Yeah. Well, I shorted Tesla last three weeks, but I also had some sort of an iron condor on it. So I do have profits in hands and I was short into this week. So my short position is taking some heat, but I'm managing through it. Um, you know, when, I, when a position goes against me, I decide whether I want to fight it or hunker down and defend and get out with, uh, you know, not even trying to profit anymore. This is where you make the decision, get smaller or, you know, go all out and fight it to the end. Well, I didn't want to fight the, the moronic move, so I, I just got smaller and just managing it so far so good. So it, I don't chase the headlines either way, up or down. Everybody hated it at 175 or 176. That's, I think, when you and I wrote the puts near there. Yeah. And they, they were at like 110 or whatever. And I can't remember the numbers. I think I was talking to you on the show. And yeah, I wrote, yeah, I wrote the 120 it. puts yeah. a year and a half out for 20 points. Yeah, it was crazy. So, so 20 bucks. So, so like same, same, same concept last week with Peloton. I sold the 30 put spread on his headline because I was so pissed. He's been wrong. It's not that he's been wrong. He's been right every time because he's making money off the headline. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he shorts. He takes the position. He yeah. comes out with the headline. Boom. He's out. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, it's, it's the I power that the guy I can't believe it's still legal. Has. They need social media rules for these, quote, influencers on social media. For the big ones, yeah. Because if it, it, I can create a yeah. move in the stock like this, it should be if you have, you know, a million subscribers or more or whatever, they need to draw a line. You are bound by the same rules as the other guys with 13 Fs and all that kind of junk. So they need to call it something else because this is ridiculous. You make I mean, he had a $5 profits. price target, so I don't know if he's exactly buying at 30 here. I, I don't, no, well, but I'm, I'm sure he covered his short. 
there, there could be the case of some of that happening there, Joel, yeah. and we've seen that happen before. Sure. Not you know I, accusing any, but there's so many. You know, it, it's not just not just Andrew Left. It's so many of these companies coming yeah. out now. You know, there's Muddy Waters. There's a lot of them. They put yeah. on the position, then they talk the hell out of their book. Make you know the case. Even the Hindenburg research was the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I think they're almost when they're coming out with this research. I, I think Nick's got a point. There should be like a period where they're locked out, you know, a lockup period. If you're coming out with that kind of research, I mean, when you have an analyst, let's for instance, like Morgan Stanley upgrades a stock, their analyst isn't coming and selling it the next day. Those analysts are handcuffed. They can't even, you know, trade those stocks they talk about. Remember we had Michael Pachter on the show yeah. and he actually wanted to stop covering the one stock because he wanted to go out and buy it for himself. So, but you know, there's rules and stuff. Yeah, it's and a wild with, west right now. And, it's, uh, and with the, all these hedge funds that are coming out, you know, that are very influential, like the Hindenburg and, you know, and, and, and kudos to them to be able to build up, you know, the, you know, the, the subscriber base and, you know, and, and the, you know, confidence in their own calls to be able to, you know, move the stocks like they do. But I just wonder if we shouldn't have like a little lockup period. Say you come out with this research, there's a 30-day lockup period because and you same, are influential. Same, same with the uh, media that comes out with the sources say this and sources say that. I am convinced they have trading desks somewhere. Uh, and I, no, I mean, where, where do you draw the line is a certain, yeah. you know, the thing too. Like, you know, obviously. Well, you, you, Nick, you, can't, you can easily draw a line. I understand this, you know, protect your source, all kinds of junk. But you, ha you have to have data backup behind, the, behind closed doors that you can deliver to the authorities and say, hey, I do have sources say, and here's my registered source or whatever. They won't go public with it, but they have to have a log of it somewhere because it's just too easy. With this speed of media where it's just one tweet just disseminates worldwide in an instant it's called, and machines trading the media, the, the headlines, just makes it uh, difficult. Nick, qu question from the chat here. The vertical uh, white box on that spike chart, what is that? The that was an iron condor I had last week. And that was a specific to my comment. If you didn't close the upside, like 13, 318 and a half, I think it was, where the credit call spread was, which is bear call spread versus the 308 and a half put spread. So I don't open the iron condor at the same time. At some point in the dip, I would sell put spread. Right. And then if we rally, I would sell call spreads against it and then end up with an iron condor. So that was the range I expected until the Friday headline came out. So if you held it open into Friday, you, ha you, you had to change your underpants on Friday. <laughs> nice way of putting it. Uh, all right, Nick. Uh, before we let you go, any any final thoughts here for the rest of the week as, as we sort of head into what we trade the box, that top box on the spy, and chase the breakout of either side. Don't guess which way it's going to go. Wait for the breakout and chase it. Uh, if you're long, if I'm long, I'm staying long. Uh, if I want to hedge, I can sell calls against my longs or uh, spread the calls that I have already, and then I'd be long for free, if not for credit. What does that mean? If I bought a call a while back and now it's green, I would sell a call above it and collect more than I paid for the other one. Therefore, I'm long a call spread for a credit. Uh, that doesn't happen often. Nick, uh, before we let you go, just want to get your comments here on crew. Just for the S&Ps here, we just busted out. We just took out that yeah, high from yeah. yesterday. Ooh, and, uh, what happened? Oh, two and a quarter. I think we had some decent housing data, but uh, – we are at no man's land here. Just want to ask you about uh, crude oil here, up 28 cents at 6042. Uh, Ramco, nice timing with the Ramco IPO. A lot of people have uh, some pretty high predictions here for the energy sector in 2020. Uh, crude has been arranged. I know you followed pretty closely. Comments on crude oil and uh, stocks related in the sector. 
Sure. Um, the stocks, I wrote a bullish piece about them on dips uh, that, you know, put spreads are probably money with these giant companies. I think it was the day where Chevron wrote down 10 billion or whatever it was, the uh-huh. biggest write down. Uh, so it was an opportunity then. As far as crude oil itself, I think OPEC's best interest lies where crude is between 52 and 60. So I wouldn't chase it here. If you look left, it had a couple of peaks that failed miserably. Not so much the one that went up all the way to 63, but the one before it, which failed around 61. I think that's the more natural spot for it to fade, but I'm not shorting it on that basis. Um, But I definitely wouldn't start longs here because somebody wrote about crude going to 75 next year. I don't know if the market will bear it, in my opinion, because if it goes to 75, the Western world will pump like crazy, pump or whatever, produce. Do you see know. what Aramco pulls it out of the ground at? Seven, $8? I've they're like that. three and a half bucks. Yeah. It's but, crazy. But, but, but their social programs make it to where they need 50 bucks or 60 to break even. Right. Because remember, they're, it's not even a country over there in Saudi Arabia. It's a tribe, basically. And uh, they actually have to pay for everything. So they, they need the money to serve the people. Oh, okay. We got you that. Uh, one tough one for you here. Uh, Boeing, bottom of the trading yeah. page here, Nick. Okay. So Boeing is, it's got a must hold level or probably lose 300. Okay. I'm, I'm not calling for 300. I'm not saying it's going there. Yeah. But if they cut the dividend because some sort of a cash, uh, because so far the only thing that hasn't been in question is the cash. And now it's starting to get into question because they've, they've got a mess of unsold planes waiting to actually undeliver, undelivered planes are yeah. sold. They're just not delivered. Um, so I don't know if the government is going to let it go to where it needs to cut the dividend just because of what it is and how many people it employs. But the fact that they guaranteed jobs for these people yesterday, 10,000 people or so, gives them less leverage. I don't think they should have announced that, but I don't know, maybe they're confined, maybe they're bound to say it, like legally bound, uh, what they're going to do, furlough these people or not. But um, it's, if, if I have a put spread on it, uh, I'd be worried about it. Let's put it that way. I would, if, if I owned the shares, I would probably bid, uh, buy a lot of puts every week to cover the whole crap <laughs> there you moment. Go. That, that sounds like a good plan. All right. Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Options Spreads and SellSpreads.com. He joins us every other Tuesday. Nick, thanks for the charts and the time, and we'll talk to you uh, in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. 8.53 now. Joel, what's happening out there? We busted out. We took out that 02 and a half high from yesterday, made a new all-time high at 32.0350, backing off a little bit, but still in the green here. So there's a nice upside target for you here early, early this morning. Uh, besides that, everything pretty quiet. I did see a tweet, something about Apple iPhone sales being down 30%. Yeah, that's from, uh, that's yeah. from Rosenblatt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how the hell they know that. But uh, anyway. Coming back from the lows. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's get like some... The ultimate buy the dips talk this year. <laughs> Stocks, dips, a buck. They're buying it. Let's get to some of these ratings here. There are a lot of ratings. And I don't even know where you want to start. Tuesday. As, uh, Tuesday's ratings day. 
Where would you like to go? There's about 50 upgrades and downgrades. So, <laughs> 50? There is a lot. I'm, I'm just looking. Exact, the whole not, page is full. I mean, yeah. The whole There's not a lot of huge names in there. Like, I'm just looking through. Johnson Johnson's probably one of the biggest Johnson names that are in Johnson. there. Yeah, we had an upgrade to Johnson & Johnson, so we should talk about one here. Build opiate crisis over? Upgrade to overweight at Morgan Stanley. They're giving it a $170 price. Target. Wow. The big call from for J and J. It's a big move here too, and I guess you know the talcum powder issue seems to be in the back burner here now. It's not. Um, we're not that far from all time highs. There you go. One forty. Ooh, one forty eight seventy five. One forty eight ninety nine. I don't know. The head thing's been straight up since one thirty. I don't know. I take this one with a grain of salt. That looks ran quite a way, so they're chasing it a bit here. The other one, Micron, gets another upgrade. Did we get an upgrade in Micron yesterday? Yes, we did. Back-to-back to back upgrades? Yeah, yeah. To, today's White Bush. Oh, everybody's jumping on board here. Ahead of the report. I feel, I feel like selling it. <laughs> I've been in this thing. It's been a dog forever. I've almost got my money back after buying the high. <laughs> yeah, that's when you I learned about. the hard way on this one. Going Cyclical businesses. What could stop it from going to 100 at this point? <laughs> that's what Guy Adami said. <laughs> Back when it was 60, I was like, you know what? I could get on board with that too, guy. And I was like, bought it at 59. I was like, oh, it's 30. <laughs> you didn't have a chance to card that one up, man. In the long-term account, it wasn't a good one. So anyways, it's come all the way back. So full circle. And I wish I would have bought more down there. I did not. But I, I coming in now, you know, upgrading. You're getting late to the party here too. I mean, the chips are all hot. But this has been a pretty impressive move. Look at Micron. This is not just an impressive move for the year. This is an impressive move for 10 days. 10 days ago, on December the 3rd, this thing hit $44.55. It's hitting 54 today. It's going to be up 10 points in 10 days. You're coming and buying it now? It's up 10 points in 10 days. This is Micron. This isn't like some new IPO that's just hot as hell. So I'm like, Phew, this is a big, you know, I'm completely tying against my book. I'm still long the thing in the long-term account, but man, it's been a big move. I can't come in here and buy it now. Uh, you did trade a little bit higher. If you're looking for a target, uh, 54.30, that's only 29 cents away. Big move yesterday, but ended up closing near the low, which is kind of interesting, uh, but we'll see. You still got that 54.30 in there from yesterday. Uh, you clear that, maybe some size here at 54 and a half. I just can't imagine, you know, being long this stock. Really, if you did a little pre-earnings run, taking into the report, I don't know what, you, what you're expecting here, but uh, trend is your friend here. Yeah, you got the earnings here tonight. Yeah. So, Godsey calls by these two analysts to upgrade it ahead of the earnings as well. You rarely see that. So, we're giving props for the guts. Both analysts with some guts. Who was yesterday? The upgrade? Uh, yeah, let me pull it up real fast here. But Wedbush today. Micron yesterday was, uh, I just had, oh, Morgan Stanton. Nope, uh, Susquehanna. Susquehanna and Wedbush both upgrading it right ahead of the report. It reports tomorrow night. So they've got had some guts reporting it ahead. But this is the definition of running into the report. They're going to have to blow it away to go higher. Because hey, this what? is, and maybe they, maybe they do. But there's going to be a lot of high expectations into this report. The bar is set high, sky high. We'll say that. What, what is perched at 43 in AMD? Can you see that? Um, well, first of all, no, because it's a NASDAQ stock. So oh, I, don't have, okay. I don't have a New York book that. for it. 
Yeah. Well, I just yeah, and their books are different. Their books wide open. I can see their book, you know, even in the free right, market right. there, which AMV is just thick everywhere. But um, always you think of these levels, and I, I think you're right. There's probably a big seller sitting there with an iceberg, you know, perched there trying to get out of some of the stock of 43 with the two highs, the same area. But man, this stock is run too. You, Nick was talking about chasing, you know, and a few, and, and obviously the S&Ps have run significantly. Well, these stocks, this is chasing here now on AMD as well. Big time chasing. Moving on to uh, some downgrades here. There are a lot, but nothing really jumps out if, they, if you can believe it. There's just a ton. This is a ton of them, but they're all small. Yeah, they're all, I mean, relatively small here. RBC downgrading Lennar to neutral. Uh, Goldman Sachs downgrades Groupon now to sell. Okay. Um, There's a few RBC, sales out here. DHI, RBC, RBC, RBC downgrading them. Yeah, RBC downgrading DR Horton to underperform. Yeah. Um, BCE for the Canadians out there because this is a staple in a lot of Canadians' portfolio. BCE, your biggest telecom company in Canada, um, catches a downgrade here today. I mean, this is like the AT&T of Canada is what BCE is. 5% dividend, same thing. Getting downgraded to underweight at Morgan Stanley here this morning. So that's significant. What happened on, uh, what happened on Friday in that? I think it was earnings. Okay. I think it was earnings. Don't I don't follow them that closely, but I, I thought it was earnings. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Do you know what happened BC on Friday? Do we have that? I can just look and Friday Thursday night potentially yeah, Friday. Well, they had earnings. It was earnings. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was had, earnings. Yep. You know what's crazy though? Look at the earnings numbers. They were 91 cents versus an analyst estimates of 65 and 5.98 billion versus 4.43 billion. I don't see the guidance. Maybe they had some really bad guidance. But I don't man, know. they blew the numbers away. I don't and know. The stock tank. Number... Okay. What's that, Spencer? Oh no, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. So you know, just because you blow the numbers away doesn't mean you necessarily go higher. As a pure example there, but I'd say on this downgrade, 47 is big. BC. Yep, it hit it yesterday, and then. I see three other lows from late October, uh, right there at that level, 47. Looks like a good level in BCE. Uh, okay, that'll do it for our show today. Uh, thank you to everyone in our chat, both on YouTube and our main site, premarket.benzinga.com. The video for that site does not quite work yet, but we, we did make I think it's progress. worked today. I think it worked. We made progress yesterday. I didn't check it. No, it worked today. Did it work today? I didn't, I didn't yeah, yeah, it was working. Because we didn't, I asked. It's working right now. We're up. We're live on the, the main site. We're back on the main site as well. We're back. Um, oh my God! I, I see. I asked them. We're back. I asked them when I left yesterday if they had done anything, and they said no. Check with them. Check with the developers tomorrow. I said okay. So I assumed they didn't do anything, and I don't know what. <laughs> okay, I didn't even realize that it was working. So. Uh, Great. Yeah, I, did, I, I, I don't know what 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 was fixed. But... I did a little work on it last okay. night. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, cool. So our video, I didn't even know the video was back up this morning. So thanks uh, for that. Um, okay. So you can catch our show as always on YouTube or on any uh, of our uh, podcasts on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, uh, or Stitcher. Uh, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. And that's what I got. So everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Wednesday.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.